episode 20, barely legal. Uh, isn't that 17? <laughs> yeah, but I didn't think about it then. <laughs> You're very cute. Um, <clears throat> welcome back. Thank you. It's been a little while. Yeah, I'm still recovering, I feel like, but... Lauren was in Paris for their fashion week, yeah. so we skipped a few weeks. Yeah. Anything cool happened there? Um, yes, it was a very interesting week. There, were The fashion was kind of, I don't want to say lame, but kind of tame. But um, there was a really cool, the Chanel show was very interesting. I'm sure you saw with the, they basically recreated a supermarket in the Palais Royale. Or is, it, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, that's, I think um, that's it. And so they had like thousands of items branded Chanel. Like, very specifically, it was very cool. And was this the the actual set that the models walked on, or was yeah. it... Yeah, they, so they always do, I mean, they spend, they probably spent upward of $20 million on, on this stuff, but, um, because they have the money, and they're a private company, which is also very interesting. They're, they're a really interesting company, but, um, they literally constructed in the middle of this huge space a, a supermarket. There was real food there. There were boxes of rice. There were pieces of fruit. There was Coco Chanel branded mops. And everything. You show me all these photos, and it's yeah. really crazy. Like so detailed, and they yeah. kind of like they had. We'll put a link to the uh, to your article. Yeah, about they it. had hamon, like so Rue Cam Cambon or Cambon, the street that I'm terrible at pronunciation, but um. The street the first Chanel shop ever was on. Mm-hmm. They like did a Hamon, Cambon, awesome or whatever. Jambon, you know? Jambon is that how you That's say it in French? French? Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, it was cool. It was really interesting. Yeah. Um, neat. Did it? Did you get to like you sample any of the products? You know, they there were all these um, videos of people looting quote unquote afterwards and like taking stuff home. But they you think were, they were fake staged videos? No, they were oh. real but the problem was, first of all, by the time I got down there, they were already blocking off. You were allowed to take the fruit because that's perishable and the um, they had like candy and stuff. Yeah. I didn't take anything because I was like I, I, if I was going to take something, I wanted one of the like Mademoiselle Chanel um mats like doormats mm-hmm. or something and you weren't allowed but some people were able to smuggle stuff in their bags but in general if you were carrying something out you got stopped so you had to have yeah. a huge and i actually did have a huge bag so i could have taken something but i also didn't want to be on that video like the right. people that i i heard a woman who's kind of like a she's a pretty big fashion critic and she was complaining that she was on the video <laughs> In, yeah, yeah I'm, was it I actually have to real be in stuff in the container? Yeah, not always. Like there was a bunch of booze, and I don't think that was real. I think that was just colored water. But the rice was real. That's the so pasta funny. Was what do you real. think they did with all? Of it? Because that's actually pretty wasteful, isn't it? Yeah. Um, do you think there's a, a country in like sub-Saharan Africa that just got a huge shipment of Chanel branded? I think uh, that rice? that is definitely possible. I I actually reached out to them because I wanted to, I wanted to do like a bigger story on it, and they haven't responded to me. So maybe they have. That'd be hilarious, by the way. Yeah. 
I mean, I mean, it's not hilarious that it's people not hilarious, need but that people need rice. Sugar I nuts, have a feeling that they have a plan for it, and there yeah. may be like a big, like huge magazine story about it coming out because uh-huh. it just seems it, it, like you said, so wasteful. I think right. the reason they wouldn't let people take stuff is because it would have all ended up on eBay. Yeah, and it's probably a write-off if they donate it too. Yeah, so I'm Perfect. sure there is some interest. Yeah, every, thing. in fact, every. Set from now on will be recyclable in that sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's cool. That sounded like fun. Yeah, it was interesting. But it the shows fun. themselves were kind of Yeah, it, Yeah, it wasn't – I mean, overall, it wasn't – it's funny because fall is usually more exciting because more coats mm. and, like, more winter clothes. And so fall means this, – this was fall, though, right? Yeah, this okay. was the fall show. And it's cold when the fall – it's so messed up because it's, like, nine months from now. But it's cold when the fall sh- – like the next fall's clothes show. Yeah. So it's like, whereas in, it's just, it's confusing. But, yes. um, but yeah, they were fine. It just wasn't a season. Nicola Gasquer did his first season at, um, Louis Vuitton and that was really good. It was really, really just beautiful, wearable, sellable, but also directional clothes and the accessories, which is what What's Louis directional Vuitton, mean? That it's going to push ideas. It's going to push fashion oh, forward. Sure. Yeah, yeah, got it. Like um, influential type Yeah, stuff. he's the most influential designer. Him it's a good and term. I've never heard that before. He and Phoebe Philo, are, uh, who designed Celine, are the two most influential designers working right now. Like, they're really moving fashion ahead. Like, there has to be a couple designers that all the other designers, whether or not they want to admit it, kind of are influenced by because then fashion would never... Yeah move along and there are some designers that are, that are totally singular in and of themselves but they don't have an, as big of an influence on the like whole industry and that the two of them nicola and phoebe philo are philo as the french say um are the people doing that and it was it was the first time i'd ever seen one of his shows so it was really great to be able to see it they only had two rows, so I had a great seat, and I could see the clothes. But also the accessories, like down to the necklaces. They had these little, like tiny little box charm necklaces, and they were gorgeous. They did. They took. He took the Louis Vuitton trunk, which is what Louis Vuitton's, you know, the business is based on luggage trunks. That that's what they did for years before they ever did clothes or accessories. Mm. Um, he made it into a tiny little, like. Um, shoulder bag mm-hmm. um the mini trunk and i'm sure it's gonna sell really really well and he did really great boots that were looked good and cool and interesting but were also just you could see a million girls wearing them so yeah. it it was exciting it was the last day of the the season so it was good and hermes was really really good um but most were of, any of the invitations cool because that's what uh I always was impressed yeah. by. Um, the Louis Vuitton one was great. It was like yeah. a tiny little leather envelope. Neat. Um, yeah, and it was made of that. Epi. Didn't they do the one that was made out of like tennis ball fabric once or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was cool. Um, the epi leather um, that they use in—I'm sure it was like a, mm. a le- lower grade version, but that they use in a lot of their bags. It's kind of like a ridged leather. Um, was was the envelope? It was cool. So speaking of directional fashion, we should uh, we should note the uh, the director of the Champion Sweatshirt Company for their contributions right now to the, <laughs> to the Normcore revolution. Oh yeah, You're this funny. is something that happened uh, on on the internet about Hashtag about Normcore. a week ago. 
Who's, who about wrote that ago. article? Was it New York Magazine? Yeah, it was in New York Magazine. It was a girl, a woman who kind of doesn't write a ton of fashion content. She's more, she does, but she's like a very indie. I looked her up afterwards and she's, she writes for like a lot of like bullet, like a lot of indie magazines. And uh-huh. she's more of a, I'd say arts and culture writer. And, and what's the big idea? So it's, there really isn't one. I mean, the the idea is she started to notice that there were all these girls and guys in New York kind of dressing like early 90s moms or dads. So wearing really high-waisted, you know, unwashed jeans or stonewashed jeans, um, white puffy sneakers and, you know, big t-shirts and... Yeah. Just kind of dressing the way we all dressed like in 1992. Clothes. Yeah. Middle school gym yeah, clothes. sweatpants, you know. It's Yeah. And so one of her friends, she she kind of I think was like, I don't get why all these people are dressing like this. And one of her friends who works in I think advertising or something said, "Oh, it's normcore." And so I think, I mean, the idea of people kind of taking mundane, ordinary fashion and making it high fashion is not new i mean that's american apparel's whole business is based on that yeah and i has remember been like so the for hoodie craze years. of 2008 or whatever yeah and then or you know new balance uh nerd shoes yeah partially probably driven by steve jobs yeah and like you know american apparel in the early part of the last decade kind of made like 1970s creeper clothes like deep v-necks and like really short running shorts like hot shorts made that and it's it's the same thing soccer socks yeah it's just like taking and i think i mean i think the reason normcore has taken off is a a lot of the um stories written about it have a the accompanying photo is seinfeld so i think anytime you kind of like the fashion on Seinfeld was so dorky that it's not that the fashion itself was a trend; it's that the trend itself is so funny that it, yeah, it, it has become the trend. Yeah, like and it's I, mocking. I also think that hopefully everyone is actually making fun of it while they're talking yeah, about it. And I we also, are, if you can't tell. Yeah, and I also think that like the name is sounds so pornographic. <laughs> it's amazing. It sounds so like pervy and internety. Yeah, that if it wasn't, if it was just, I don't. I, I, it was. It's the perfect name, and that's why it's because, like, if you Google it, when I I did a commentary piece on it for L, and when I Googled it in in Google News, and like two thousand articles came up, it was a lot of random websites were writing about it, like a lot of tech sites, a lot yeah. of cult because it's so internet-y. It, it, it hit like the core defines, of like media nerd Twitter, yeah, especially here in New York and. Everyone was making fun of it, but then also kind of admitting that that's also how they've been dressing for the last year. Yeah, like I started making fun of all your gray crew neck sweatshirts, and now I ha- now you got me one. And that's all I wear. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not on purpose, but well, it's like it's it, comfortable. It is. It's a nothing. It's the reason Seinfeld is such a good example is because Seinfeld was about nothing, and this yeah. trend is it's a literally trend about, nothing. about nothing. Like, yeah. it isn't a trend. It's, it's like the Kraft macaroni and cheese of of fashion or yeah, something. Like that. Yeah, it's so it's been fun. It's been cool. funny to observe, and it's definitely I think if you step out of it, it really does <laughs> say a lot about what internet culture is at this moment in time. And I especially yeah. think it's interesting because it started as a print story. 
And they expanded it yeah. online, and they did a really good job at optimizing it. But um, it is funny that it started as a print story because it's such an internet. It's such an. Internet I also thing. this is probably thinking way too hard about it, but I think it's also funny in juxtaposition to like so-called fast fashion where H&M, Zara, Uniqlo yeah. were like blew up because they could they like set trends faster than anyone else cuz they would just keep sh- sh- you know shifting out their inventory and all that stuff. Meanwhile, the trend has become like the shitty stuff at Target that yeah. you know has never <laughs> changed in 20 years like <laughs> totally. sweatpants, like weird weird socks and <laughs> And like bad jeans. Yeah, it's yeah, it's funny. I mean, I think that those fast fashion is now, you know, it was a huge thing for ten years, and now it's definitely there's backlash in all these different ways, and one of them is this like trendiness yeah. and like having a cool, very like the thing with street style has been for the last few years like hologram envelope clutches and crazy shoes that mm-hmm. look like they were made by 700 people with like really tiny fingers, you know, <laughs> like building weird heels and yeah. graphic and colorful. And now people kind of don't want that. They kind of want to be more understated hmm. in a way that ends up meaning that everyone kind of looks the same. I yeah. don't know. It's, I mean, you could go, it's in, it's just circular. Like you could keep, more and more theories about why it's happening, but there's also like a huge, which is probably um, paradoxical. Like you probably shouldn't even think about. That. No, and that's <laughs> the. But there's also this, here we are talking about. Yeah, it. there's also a huge movement to like buy less clothes. So it's like buy better, buy less. Like so many brands I talk to True. are using that as their marketing platform. Um, Does this mean that um, all all the progress we've made toward like perfect pristine japanese denim is about to get thrown out as as everyone just wants crappy like arizona jeans yeah again. i mean i feel like about i don't six months ago there was a story in the times by a men's writer about how guys wanted dad jeans it was the same thing it was like hmm. i'm sick of being paint in pain in my raw denim well it's interesting because we also saw that movie her yeah. a few weeks ago and the clothing in that movie is very. Did we talk no, about this on the last no, show? I don't remember. But no, like those, we didn't. Those high, those extremely high waisted khakis were so weird, but they were also so normcore. They were so normcore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was no, like it's... this guy is ostensibly a horrible dresser, but he actually looks pretty cool now. Yeah, yeah. I mean the the just the color palette alone in that movie, like that, I really liked. Yeah. But it is interesting. Um, cool. Does this mean that Uniqlo is going to start selling like obnoxious stonewashed jeans soon? I'm sure that they have already. I haven't. I mean, I just well, I haven't been in. A, I haven't been in like a month. But the I last time we went to APC, I bought two pairs of jeans, and I got a pair Ooh. of like flat wash. Oh yeah. They were stretched, but they're basically raw stretch. And then I got a pair of. I mean, I've been wearing those for stonewashed for a while. So those jeans that my mom has not thrown out from the '90s in my basement might actually be. Yeah, if they fit. Worth rescuing. I mean, the now. thing about all this stuff is the fit is always going to be slightly different That's than true. it These was. These are probably still very baggy in the wrong places. Um, yeah, and also, I mean, the, the thing with quote unquote normcore is like American apparel models are all twenty two and have awesome bodies, so they can wear ridiculous clothes that don't look good. Yeah. Because you know. I saw a hilarious American Apparel ad. It was like you know 
of course, like a two-thirds naked girl. And it was like – yeah, I, I don't, I'm making the name Made up. Made in like, Bangladesh? No, no, no. Not, that one? That, one. that was funny. That. But like there was another one. It was like, Sheila works in one of our stores. We took this photo two weeks after she joined the company. It's like that's all it took to get you to take all your clothes off and, be, and appear in an advertisement? Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean P- that company is very interesting for yeah. sure. Uh, okay, cool. Well, uh, another thing that you had mentioned in passing, which I think is kind of interesting, and I don't know if it's—I don't know if I agree with it, but I'm curious to hear you talk about it—is the supposed uh, back iPhone backlash in fashion, and which I find interesting because when we uh, when the iPhone first came out in 2007, you um, you were very excited about it. As a, you were not like a technology geek, like you had a flip no. phone, you had an iPod that I helped you buy, you had like an old Mac MacBook or PowerBook. Yeah. But you had mentioned that fashion people were really early adopters of the iPhone because it was so. It wasn't a gadget. It was you know it was a fashion device. Yeah. And um and and I would say that industry, fashion industry, has been really strong for the iPhone. Like it's very artistic and aspirational. But you say that. Maybe not anymore. So well, tell me about here's that. Here's the thing. When that happened, I was very immersed in like online culture and fashion. And all the digital editors did buy iPhones really quickly. And the bloggers, like at that time, I was like very involved. And in, I, which I still am, obviously. But the people that didn't adopt the iPhone were the like print editors. They stuck with BlackBerry. And a lot of people still use BlackBerry for work Hmm. and then they have an iPhone for personal life because they just, so during fashion week, I had two experiences. One, I had several people complaining about how badly they missed their BlackBerry because of the typing and they just missed it. Yeah. And this was this fashion week in Paris. And then there was one guy who had just gotten Americans or or Europeans, Americans who had just gotten an iPhone that week and was like, you know, s- still lamenting. I mean, I think he was a little bit excited about it, actually. But then there's this whole other group of people, and this is actually a lot of, like, digital-facing editors who have adopted the Samsung Galaxy because it's bigger and it takes much better photos. And, I mean, I do think a lot of them have been gifted. doesn't take better photos, well, but the, maybe people think Here's it the does. thing. The photos are bigger. Nah. Yeah, the screen is bigger. Oh, the photos are bigger on the phone. Yes. Yeah. So it makes them feel like they have more control. I've seen the results. And maybe yeah. maybe like granularly, like if you looked at the two photos and you had the perfect shot for each of them, but the people using the Samsung are getting better Instagram shots hmm. for runway photos. I don't know why that is, but it's really, really hard to get a good runway photo with an iPhone. Um, and you know, I'm not good at it regardless, but like yeah. people who have a lot of experience with this stuff do have a really hard time. And mm. I found, I mean, I do think a lot of these editors are being gifted Samsung. So that's, yeah. So that's something we should mention. Like Samsung has been huge at, um, marketing and advertising, but they also seem to be stepping up their efforts to just give stuff to people. Which is, in a way, really smart. I mean, yeah. you're going to use it, you're going to try it. Apple just doesn't do that. Like Apple, yeah. Steve Jobs may have given Martha Stewart an iPad, but there's no you know Apple product placement. Yeah. Or... You know what's funny, though? With their consumer PR, 
I know people who work in cons- consumer magazines who have been quote unquote loaned one and never asked for From it Apple? back. Yeah. Right. And I know people who worked it for TV programs too, who have been I loaned think they've gotten- uh, iMac, iPod, all that stuff and, and never asked for it back. Yeah. I think it's gotten a lot looser too yeah. in the last I, year. When so. I borrowed an iPad from Apple, I had a 90 day loan, I think. Yeah. And I sent it back before the end of that yeah. loan period. I mean, I definitely think they're strict with it in some cases, but yep. I think with consumer with consumer magazines, sure. they're going to be more loose because they know that they're getting free stuff from these other people. Yep. Um, but I did feel... But Samsung will just straight up send you oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did feel like a very specific disdain toward the iPhone this fashion week. It's just like That's everybody's... Weird annoyed with the email service or whatever. People were still talking about whether or not they should upgrade the iOS 7. There are a lot of, also there are a lot of people who yes, have the answer old is yes. iPhones, that like iPhone uh, yeah. 4s and stuff. So yeah. I just felt like it was very interesting to see that. I do think, you know, one of the really annoying things, and there was a lot of talk this fashion week about like whether or not are people Instagramming too much because you're like, so, even when I'll, I Instagram a show, even if I have a really good seat, the photo usually isn't that great, but I want to like be like, hey, I was there and it was really cool and share my experience or whatever. And But it it's like everybody basically spends half the time and I don't, especially during New York because I'm writing reviews, I don't Instagram a lot from the shows anymore because I'm writing down stuff and to make so much effort to take good photos. Like you basically have to be taking photos the entire show, which Mm -hmm. is only like nine minutes to get one good shot. And that seems like pointless. Like I want to be looking at the clothes. It's specific to the, it's just not a great environment for phone photography because it's so dark, but there's a spotlight on people and you just really need to, like the just the built-in shutter speed doesn't work for that. It takes blurry photos, so they just need to find an app that will let you. Yeah, I think they should exist for that will let you like control the shutter speed. Yeah, we'll have to look into that for next time. Yeah, it's just it's, um, well, it's the new iPhone supposedly coming out this year is going to be bigger, and every year they seem to improve the camera. So maybe that'll be good for you hmm. because by the fall we should have them. So. Yeah, we will see. Yep. Uh, all right, one more topic on this week's show. Uh, I want to talk about a service that I tested out a couple of weeks ago called the Black Tux, which is basically kind of like Rent the Runway for tuxedos, like it's uh, or Netflix for tuxedos or something like that. Um, you, you did you, you wrote a story about them, right? Yes. What's the background? So, and and we should say that we covertly ordered you one like we they didn't know that he was trying it right. out right i did I not right, get it for was, free we didn't get it for free i i actually used my married name to order it because i didn't want them to know i was trying it they um, didn't know that we were the ones reviewing it yeah and actually we I, we did this after your article yeah. ran anyway so it yeah. had nothing to do with it but it was just cool because i found out about it through because right. i was writing the we article didn't go to I the pr it. lady and say yeah can you get us a tuxedo <laughs> yeah um not that anyone who's listening to this podcast would care anyway but it's i just feel hey, like you it's know good the, to... the integrity of this podcast yes. is very important yes so so basically that it's exactly what you said it's rent the runway or netflix or tux i think i tuxes. did get the free beard oil though <laughs> from last time 
Oh, but that was that's you. That has nothing to do All right. with me. Cool. Um, also, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no one's gonna understand that reference. Doesn't matter. But um, so it's interesting because you we were invited to a black tie optional. There were only like two people in tuxes, including you. But which was yeah, great. I was told this was very serious. It was very important for me to be wearing well, a tuxedo. Well, it was just, at this it was wedding. black tie optional yeah. and you didn't have at that point any formal suits and just, i don't think i'd ever you know. worn a tuxedo before except senior prom yeah when i had like a mall rental tuxedo with uh um, yeah. navy blue velvet crap yeah and it it was just it was so coincidental because we got invited to this wedding and literally that same week i found out about this service yeah and got assigned a story to write about it, so I thought, oh, this would be really good for you to try and also, I guess the whole thing with Texas is that even it, first of all, you don't really want to buy i mean here's the thing: a fashion guy is going to say to buy one at J Crew or Club Monaco because they're like a thousand bucks, and if you're going to wear a tux a bunch over the next ten years, it's worth it totally but Ryan Seacrest should definitely own tuxedos yeah. Me, but you probably not yeah, and I so, should probably have a couple good suits before yes, I have a tuxedo exactly because uh, you don't want to be the guy who's always wearing a tuxedo either no um and also I mean people's sizes change if you're going to only wear a tux once every 3 years for the next 7 years it just doesn't seem make sense to Right. So but the problem with tux rentals is that they're exactly what you said like cheesy navy blue velvet situations like cummerbunds a lime green you know just, I wanted a lime green I, tux. Yeah, I remember you saying that. But I don't even know where I would rent a tuxedo. So you rent one from like the men's warehouse or Oh really? Yeah. Where's that? I think the one that I knew about closed. There's I would probably have to go to a, somewhere that I don't or, go. No, or it closed. The, it's gone. Oh, I think. Well, no, the David's Bridal's there still. I, I think know, that the men's warehouse anyway, closed. It, it, I don't remember. There and then there are all these like very random small places, yeah. like that are in like a florist shop. Ace Hardware. Yeah. Slash tuxedo room. Exactly. Okay. So there weren't that many options. A lot of the guys I talked to complained that these masks. Now, what I will say. In defense of, like, Men's Warehouse, they actually have some great options that are 100% wool, like, really nice options now. But that's new. And it's also, you still have to go in, you have to try it on. If you live in, like, Iowa City, that's the perfect thing to do because you can just drive there and there's probably one, like, right around the corner from your house. But here, and and I think also for, for guys who aren't, if it's not for your wedding or whatever, you don't want to deal deal with it. So this was really easy. We just like put your measurements right. in. I barely have enough time to – not that I don't have the time. I barely remember to take my shirts to the dry cleaners. So yeah. having to go out of my way to try on, then pick up, then return a tux would have been annoying. Oh, yeah. I mean I don't even – I don't know what we would have done. So how do, So first we – what do we do first? First, you measured me. Yeah, I which measured Which was actually you. kind of didn't work so well. No, because we didn't do it properly. We don't we know how to measure. Of... I don't know how to measure. I've, I've gone into suit stores before and had them measure me, but that was a long time ago. Yeah. And I used to have fitted shirts that had all the right measurements yeah. listed, but I currently only have shirts that are like size large yeah, or and, XL, but yeah, not, so not we with didn't, numbers. We kind of messed it up. And also, so we messed up the neck. And the sleeves. Yeah, and they also were like, do the size you are in J. Crew suits, and that ended up not being true. Also, the pants. Yeah. Yeah. So they like, sent us two. A J. Crew did suit. They, now, so we. So they called how me. How it worked? You went on the website. We you because you ordered it for me. You yeah. put in 
my the measurements that we tried to make in the house. Yeah, and she called me and said, I kind of think you're going to need a size bigger for the pants. So and they I, sent us two pairs of yeah, pants. And you did need a size bigger. <clears throat> yeah. Even the, though <clears throat> you bought a suit a week later from J. Crew and it was in the size smaller. Right. Yeah. So, um, and, but they were really. That said, yeah. pants are complicated. Is that what John, our friend John Januzzi says? Pants are complicated? Yeah, maybe. Pants are complicated. Every yeah. single pair of pants, especially from different places, has the numbers messed up. Yeah. At least the waist. The the height, the inseam is usually Yeah, that's the same with women's reliable. stuff, too. Or not different enough to, so, to and notice then, it. And the shirt was wrong, so they had to send you a new shirt. The but, shirt was wrong, and that wasn't their fault. That yeah, was mostly that was our fault because we yeah. don't know how to measure. That said, I would say they didn't have that many different shirt sizes. Yeah. So... They should have just offered a large versus extra large and not try to be so tailored. I think yeah. – I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's super important. But like the first shirt that we tried on – so the way it works is they send you basically a box a week before the event starts. So like the wedding we went to was on a Saturday. So the previous – what was it? Friday or something Saturday, or Saturday. Yeah. We got a box FedEx to us with – uh, a garment bag, and everything was on hangers, including the tuxedo suit. And we also paid extra for the shirt, right? Like the, yeah, the base yeah, so price, it, I think, is just the tux and the jacket, right? Yeah, so the, the so basically, them. like, their other point is it's 220 bucks usually to run a tux with everything. Really? Whereas Shit. this altogether was only, like, 130 Yeah. So they, it's, like, basically Including shipping both yeah, ways. Yeah, exactly. So it, was, it wasn't Okay, so, and then they sent us, uh, so they sent us, a shirt, two pairs of pants, and a bow tie. Yeah, and you can also rent shoes, which they are very like say they clean out really right. well. And, and they, have made a, they, and made they make like everything point, themselves. Yeah, they made a point to like talk about how they use better quality fabric than a rental tux and yeah. and more modern uh styling. Style yeah, all that stuff. Anyway, so box came, took the clothes out of the box. Jacket fit perfectly because I have many jackets and I know how to size a jacket. Shirt neckline was not correct. It was definitely too tight on my neck and the sleeves were laughably short. So we emailed them and I emailed them. I said, hey, this shirt sizing is not really working. What can you do? And so then they FedExed us, I think like either overnight or three-day a second shirt and just said, mail it back with the other stuff. And there was no extra charge for that. And that shirt was a little too big on the neck and sleeves were fine. Uh, but it ended up being great. And, and the suit fit well. Suit was fine. Suit was great. Uh, the pants were still a little tight, but they worked. And I freaked out cause we got to the wedding. I was getting dressed and I didn't, I hadn't brought, I forgot to bring my nice belt with me, but yeah. then it turns out that tuxedo pants don't take a belt. There were mm. no belt loops. Very so good. that was great. You don't need a belt. Um, <laughs> but as we were leaving our hotel room to go downstairs to the wedding and I had tried to button the top button of the tux, the button broke off. Yeah. As in like, not like it was way too tight on me no. and it burst at the seams as in the plastic part of the button that that the so uh, that the thread just broke off just broke in half so that was kind of annoying i didn't i don't care obviously but uh it would have been nice to have been able to button it but yeah 
there was no button. So and it, it wasn't look great. I mean, it wasn't the kind of situation where you could like quick switch out the bottom button for the top or anything like that. No. Like if we had a sewing kit, I suppose we could have done something. But actually, no, because the actual plastic broke. It's not like the thread broke. So no. we were hosed. Uh, but that said, it was super great. Everything else was awesome. The and and the service, like when we emailed them to talk about the shirt, they wrote back very quickly and took care of everything. And were super nice about it. And I suppose in the future they may, like, tack on shipping charges for that second shirt or something like that. Like, I think that's in their terms, like, that they're allowed to charge you shipping for that, for extra stuff. But they didn't even bring it up, and so that's great. Yeah, Yeah, I think they raised a lot of money. Yeah, they just raised a big funding round. So I think Um, that, that right now the thing that they're focusing on, which is really smart, is just really, really, really good customer service. Yeah, they have to um, because they're, yeah. no, you know, this is a new behavior for most people. Yeah, and the quality stuff like I've the I've never buttons, rented clothes in the mail before. Yeah, the buttons and stuff, that's something that they can definitely work on. But it's at the same time, like, you know, I have this really expensive fur-lined coat. Yeah. And two weeks into it, all the buttons fell off. Cause, so it's right. just like yeah, it happens. It, they are producing a lot of stuff in-house so they can fix that. But it, but it's like at some point, no matter what high quality, that when when people yeah. are, it's just gonna happen. And then returning the suit was super easy. Well, it was. A, here's the thing: it's a kind of a big box because yeah. they don't want anything to get wrinkled or anything like that. So I put all the shirts back and the, the jackets back on their hangers, put in the garment bag, fold that in half, put it in the box they sent. And then I don't remember if they – I don't think they supplied packing tape, but they gave you a return FedEx label. Mm-hmm. The box doesn't – the box is too big to go in one of those FedEx uh, mailboxes on the street. Like So you, you basically have to either arrange for a pickup, which mm-hmm. I've never done, so I don't even know how to do that. I'm sure I have. It's probably but pretty I do easy. Think, yeah, it's pretty but easy. But they're also like – kind of make a big deal out of the fact that they expect you to return it literally the first business day after your event is over so it was monday afternoon and so we had to walk whatever a mile to the fedex kinko's and drop it off there yeah um i guess for most people it wouldn't be a big deal because you know it's fine we, we need to go to the grocery store anyway yeah but it was kind of I probably should have figured out how to do the pickup in advance. Yeah. Um, anyway, but oh. that was fine. It was, you know, that's. Yeah. Do you? It's think still easier than you having would to go. Use it again, right? If I would love to. to. Yeah, it was great. I yeah, would I mean, totally you use it again. Probably won't ever. Ha- that's the thing. We have twelve weddings this year, and that will probably be the only one where you have to wear a tux. Right, unless we get invited to. Uh, I don't know. I was going to make a joke about Alec Baldwin, but he recently got married, so he won't yeah. be getting married again. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, and he also wouldn't invite us to his wedding. <laughs> anyway, Black Tux. I don't know what their website is. I'm sure if you just Google the Black Tux, you'll find it. I think it. it's the Black we'll, we'll put a link in the uh, in, in the thing. And yeah, thumbs up. Really liked it. Would totally use it again. Be careful with sizing. Figure out how to get measured there. Yeah. Do they have instructions on their website yeah, on how like to measure they, people? They say to have a friend measure you or go and get your measurements at a tailor. Yeah. Just to have. I mean, that's actually not a terrible idea in general. Yeah. But, um, All right. Well, we'll do yeah. that next time. Anyway, good stuff. The Black yeah. Tux. I liked it. Cool. I'm and I think that's a good show. Uh, we, we totally didn't introduce ourselves at the beginning. 
So we should note that this has been an episode of The Needle and the Mouse. Uh, along with Lauren Sherman, I'm Dan Fromer. Thank you for listening. You can always reach us on our website at theneedleandthemouse.com. Topic, topic suggestions. We're always Email us for. ideas or questions or whatever at hello at theneedleandthemouse.com or on Twitter at needleandmouse. And we love answering reader, listener questions, reader questions. Mm-hmm. And we will probably do another show in, I'm, I don't know. Two weeks. Well, we'll be in England, so maybe not. But so three weeks. Maybe we'll do one during the week. We'll see. Sometime in March, that's <laughs> not true. Sometime in April, you'll have a show from us. Yeah. But uh, again, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you again. Thanks.